Hey everybody, welcome to the Angry Canuck Radio Podcast. Today we're doing something different. We are doing a not angry podcast. I have a guest on today who I've been actually following for years. His name is Joe Amato. Some of you may know him from Fans of Power Podcast, where he co-stars with Tyler Baker and Nathan Kennedy. Uh, basically, it's just going to be me and Joe talking fun stuff today, so hopefully you guys like it. The famous Joe Amato. Thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you. Famous. I don't know about that, but I do appreciate that. <laughs> I think if you go to any Master of the Universe community, they all know who Joe Amato is. The, oh, the guy with the Modulock mask. That's that's Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's how it kind of, yeah, kind of recently. I mean, before that, it was just when I was in the, I don't know, a lot of different pages and stuff in the groups. I was always showing pictures of my collection, maybe some rare pieces and I always like sharing stuff like art or odd merchandise or something and I posted so much that it just started catching on for the fandom a lot of people knew that yeah a lot of the toy groups I post like maybe some of my character names or creations of things from when I was a kid and and recently writing bios and stuff fan bios and I guess it just kind of you know caught on from there they go into podcasts nice and then the mask yeah then the mask game well yeah because you're hiding your identity you know yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you're that's, in... that's just a uh, yeah, because some people thought it was like, uh, well, why are you doing that like on the podcast? Like, no, I've always done that. I said I've done that since I've been online. Just a just a gimmick. I mean, there's times like I would be wearing sunglasses or a hat or something, and you see part of my face, but it's nothing. Like I said, it's just just a little gimmick. Dude, I've been watching you for like three years. I still don't know what you look like. Yeah, the people that do the podcast, but they don't know what you look like either. <laughs> they kill some people. Like, wait, even the people who do the podcast don't know what you look like. I'm, nope, they don't know what I look yeah, like. Yeah, Tyler Baker and Nathan Kennedy. Um, yes. Both are pretty funny and both have interesting stuff to show. Like, Nathan's got that bitchin' new TMNT arcade cabinet. And yeah. Tyler's got a hell of a nice collection. And that dude actually looks oh, yeah. like He-Man. He's built. Yeah, I don't know if it's like He-Man and Conan and, you know, characters like the fact that he's inspired him to work out. I think he said something like that. I don't want to misquote anything. But See, I'm – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, he has a lot of cool uh, art from commissions that he had from Axel Jimenez, who does stuff for the Masters of the Universe property now too. But even before Axel was, like, super popular with knowing – you know, being known for that – and Tyler would have him commission a lot of cool pieces. So, yeah. And yeah. Tyler has a lot of nice art from Axel and uh, Kevin Sharp and some other artists, I believe. Right. So this uh, this podcast is going to be quite a bit different because this one's not going to be angry. You know? <laughs> this is uh, the angry, the unangry radio, uh, the unangry Canuck radio podcast today. <laughs> what is it? Usually always angry? I mean, it's usually the angry Canuck radio podcast where. Uh, it would be like. Uh, no angry tonight, podcast. Yeah. just for this time. So hopefully, it doesn't disappoint your listeners. Well, today we're the chill, fun, geeking out Canadian podcast. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, uh, I don't know. So it's like I remember years ago, the first ever He-Man podcast I heard was Mastercast, and I would listen to those. I was teaching English in Mexico at the time, and I would download those so I could listen to them on my iPod, and uh, and then they just dropped off. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess there's no more of those. And then all of a sudden, Fans of Power. I'm like, what's Fans of Power? And I thought, maybe it's Mastercast rebranded, but it's not. So why did you guys decide to do Fans of Power? Well, interesting thing is, um, I didn't even, 
my technology has always been so bad. That's what, you know, people always get a kick out of. Anytime they see quality of something I do, it's bad because I have like, you know, an old laptop computer. I have an old tablet. So anything I have, it just looks bad. And just picture this maybe 10 years ago. I mean, it's even worse back then. But when I was in these pages, I was telling you, sharing my stuff and, uh, you know, all my collection and everything. There was a page called uh, Council of the First Ones. Or, I'm sorry, The Great Rebellion on mm. Facebook. Oh, the and She-Ra reference. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, hey, we'd like to do a podcast. It'd be called Council of the First Ones. Would you like to do it? I was like, I don't know what a podcast is. Because at that time, I mean, when you just said Master's Casts, I, I didn't know about podcasts. I didn't know what that was or anything. And I was like, well, I don't have a camera. I don't have a microphone. I don't know how to do that. And they said, well, if your computer can take, you know, a, a jack, you can put something in there. You can at least do a microphone. And that's how it was. It was not like video basis microphone. So I got a microphone, started doing this podcast with them called Council of the First Ones. And, you know, it was great. It was fun. It Then there was like a little hiatus on that for a while. And from there, there was another podcast I did called Global Masters. That went on for a bit, but then that kind of went away. And I did a comic book Masters of the Universe podcast called uh, Masters Comic Cast. And we talked about all the recent comics that were coming out just around the time when the 2000X line was around. I mean, I'm sorry, not 2000X, but the Classics line when that first started coming out. And so we're doing stuff based off of some of the comics kind of like with those characters. Mm. And after that, then came Fans of Power. And, well, that's the one that has stuck. So it's we talk about everything from mini comics to the cartoon to the toys to books from the UK. I mean, anything you can think of, we... We like discussing everything from the past, present, and what we'd like to see in the future. But the thing is, you guys, you guys are over two hundred episodes. You're so prominent. You're known around the world. You guys are getting the actual people as guests who worked on He-Man, like the original He-Man. Yes. You're 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 famous, Joe. As much as you guys don't think you are, maybe I think Tyler knows, but you guys are famous. I mean, you're getting celebrities in the genre that you're covering. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely, I mean, because we've had people that worked on the movie, the mini-comics. Dude, movie, you had the Blade. Basically, the toys. You had Blade. Blade was, like, my favorite of the new characters introduced in the movie. Yeah, we had Anthony DeLongis. We had William Stout. We had Mark Taylor himself, which wasn't for Mark Taylor. You probably wouldn't even have a Masters of the Universe. Oh. Uh, we had Larry Houston, who worked in on drawing more of the vintage mini-comics than any other artist back then. So, I mean, we've had... Yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of guests that, like you said, were responsible for the creation of anything you can imagine. Yeah. Now you still haven't had it's, Dolph Lundgren. I'm waiting for the Dolph Lundgren episode. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think Dolph <laughs> um is gonna be doing. You're not gonna see him probably at all ever on a podcast. I couldn't imagine. It would be great, but I couldn't picture him doing it. Just like Frank Langella. <laughs> oh, if you got him. Frank Langella, oh my goodness. It, it would be great as well. But yeah, what I always say about you know our podcast, why you know, Masters of the Universe, it's we're a passionate group of fans and community, but a lot of the fans who grew up with it just didn't know about the new stuff. They didn't know about the, when like the MYP and two thousand X videos came out towards, you know, around two thousand two when that all that stuff was starting. A lot of fans didn't know about it and the cartoon was on Cartoon Network and it wasn't just on like, you know, basic TV, like, you know, yeah. Fox, Fox 36 or whatever you want to say. So fans kind of missed it. And then when classics came, that was a 
basically a collector-based online set of figures. So again, a lot of fans didn't know about it. I was like, if fans could just see this, it was promoted in a way, it could bring back so many fans. So that's why I say the podcast might not have the biggest, you know, listener base, but it's a very passionate listener base yeah. that does listen to it. Yeah. So I would just hope that within when the new cartoon comes out from Kevin Smith, hopefully it's good. It's hopefully it's good. People, yeah, hopefully it can bring fans back, you know, that remember He-Man from the past and new fans as well. And then, you know, of course, then just Masters of the Universe could hopefully explode again. It would be nice, but there's just been so many delays, with, like especially with the movie. Oh. It's been like an 18-year limbo that <laughs> no. I can't get excited. I can't get excited when people are like it's finally happening. Bull BS, you know. I don't think yeah, so. Because yeah, some don't know about the journey, unfortunately. Because I mean, I can't fault them. Because again, they might have seen this article for the first time, saying, "Hey, a new movie coming out 2018, 19, 20." But I've been literally hearing it for eighteen years. They can't imagine. For those who are new to knowing about it, there's been a lot of different things to where they said there's a new director, writer, yeah, script, yeah. Uh, company that's putting it out, and it's just it's sad. So I always say, hey, I find when that they finally show them, sh- yeah, when they finally show them shooting the movie, and then we finally see the first trailer in the theater, then I can get excited. Exactly. Otherwise, I'm just holding back and just. Hopefully, hopefully. Honestly, I think what we're we just have to be happy with the fan made stuff, which isn't that bad. You know, it's not great, but you know. No fans kept it alive. I mean, fans have been keeping it alive from whether it's comics or other media. Just it's we're the reason. Like I said, I mean, as for like the figures and stuff, right? The fans have been keeping that alive for like you know the classics line and. uh like the, some of the uh, comics that obviously came out, it's it's not a lot of people are knowing about the comics that were released at the shops because again, Masters of the Universe isn't a big buzzword. Mm-hmm. So until it becomes in mainstream again, you know, it's going to be hard to always sell the comics, uh, the, the online figures. Of course, we like I said, we kept alive with that, but now when it comes back to uh, store shelves around Christmas time, there'll be Masters of the Universe uh, Origins figures. And, mm-hmm. of course, all the fans that know about it are going to be getting it. But you can always hope that there's going to be that parent that's taking their kid into the toy aisle. And they're going to see, like, wait, what? He-Man's back? And maybe the parents will get excited. Maybe they're, they'll try to get their kids into it. But, of course, you don't ever want to force kids. I would something. buy those. And if it. my kids were like, I want to play with it, go away. <laughs> right. I'm playing right. with it. Yeah, more organically, they can love and appreciate it because, sure, we like it. We love for our kids to enjoy it as well, but it just has to happen, you know. But it would be good just like, again, to see it in the toy stores and on the shelves. And then, yeah, fans and then old fans can maybe keep it alive and start buying. Okay, so I I haven't watched all your podcasts because, honestly, like, the next day I, I get your post like, hey, guys, we're live in 30 minutes. And I'm like, I didn't get this yesterday. So I don't know what's going on with that, but um, sometimes I catch it. But there's something that bothers me as a fan, if I may. Um, remember the the crowdfunded Power of Grayskull documentary that we've been waiting yeah. years for? It finally came out because they got they wanted to put extra stuff in it and yada, yada, yada. I remember Tyler talking about that. I think he did get the DVD finally, if I remember correctly. But the thing is, I watched Netflix's the toys that made us. And in half an hour of talking about He-Man, I swear I didn't see anything different in the power of Grayskull documentary. Like I was, it was like an hour and a half long. And I'm like, remember watching it being like, that's it. 
I because uh, everything that's there I got from fans of power and the toys that made us. And I'm like, I will be honest. I haven't, and this is going to sound sad. And it's, I haven't seen the powers of Grayskull uh, documentary and you'd think I was, I mean, I would have seen it because uh, I was one of the rewards for like the backers. If there was a certain amount that they would pay yeah. to get to have an action figure made of whatever they want. But it's crazy. As it sounds there might've been a mistake with something with my address. I, I never got the DVD. I've never seen the, the documentary. Wow. So I, I'm sure it's great, but I've never seen it. You know, you and can, I know Tyler was like, you could well, download I, it off the internet, right? I, I probably could again, me and with uh, my technology, not paying attention to crap. I probably could. I, I probably will do that. And I know Tyler was a little, I mean, he was upset because there was like a certain amount if you paid, you would um, the fans would be a part of it. Whether it's that special, like you said, all the bonus stuff that would be on a yeah, DVD extra whatever. features, yeah, and yeah, and Tyler paid to be interviewed for that, but he never got his interview. And I think they said it's because they might have sent out emails and you had to check your emails to respond back, and Tyler might have missed oh uh, man you know, that email. I think that's how it happened. So hey, and you know what? Maybe that's what happened with me. I didn't look at my emails properly, and that might have been the reason I just didn't get the DVD. So, uh, mm. you know, it just happens. But I'm sure it's great, but, you know, uh, I can't compare it to anything else because, like I said, I've never seen it. I just found that the Power of Grayskull, like the, the, the episode of Netflix Toys That Made Us was so good. When it was over, I was like, oh, that's it? You went through half an hour like that. Uh, but the Power of Grayskull – Documentary. I was like forcing myself to sit through that because I was bored watching that. I mean, there was very I mean, little. Did you have the DVD? No, I DVD I, I, down, I downloaded it. I'm in I'm in Canada and I didn't back. I was I was teaching English in Mexico when they were asking for crowdfunding. I didn't have any money. Teachers in Mexico don't make much money, bro. But um, okay. <laughs> but I remember the thing and how excited I am for this documentary. And then the Netflix thing came out, and I love that. And I'm like, I can't wait for the documentary. It's going to be so much more crap. And, yeah, no, I was really disappointed in it. I was really, really disappointed. Is it disappointed. possible that's all on the DVD thing, maybe? All the maybe all the bonuses would have been really rewarding, and I didn't get that with downloading the documentary. But, yeah, that was an hour and a half of disappointment for me. Because um, the one thing I've noticed, I mean, with a lot of things when we do documentaries and specials and stuff is, you know, you know, they're going to go there. They're setting up for people mm-hmm. in their house and they can be there for hours. But unfortunately, when they're trying to interview so many people that have been a part of a project, yeah. you might have that whole hour of information. And that person might get a total of a minute, maybe even less than true, a minute. True. And it's sad that stuff like that happens, but it's like you can only fit so much into a DVD covering like, you know, over 30 years history with all these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I always, uh, you know, say, hey, if you guys want to have an in-depth, you know, you know, see an in-depth discussion with like William Stout, who was responsible for, you know, doing stuff for the Masters Universe movie back then. I mean, Tyler and I, we, I believe we might have did that twice with him. And those mm. interviews were going like over an hour. So yeah. I have to worry about just one minute. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, and they're learning a lot of things that you would never have heard anywhere else. So yeah, if you go to YouTube, type in Fans of Power, William Stout interview, you guys are going to be like definitely entertained and uh, yeah. learn a lot of stuff. Like one thing, you know, just one crazy little bit is they told them to do the Cosmic Key. And as you know, in the movie, the Cosmic Key, which Gildor has, is yeah. like, you know, opens the portals and all that stuff to other worlds and time travel. Well, 
Well, Gwildor knew the keys, so... Yeah, well, when when William Stout first heard that to draw up the cosmic key, he drew Mickey Mouse in a spaceship, and everybody's like, what the hell is this? What are you talking about? He thought it was Cosmic Mickey, like Cosmic Mickey. He didn't even know what the person was saying, so he drew up this. He's like, is that it? I'm like, what? So that's a thing we never heard. He even showed his picture that he drew up, like a Mickey Mouse in a ship. Because he just kind of like didn't catch what they meant by a cosmic key. That's funny. That is yeah, funny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I mean, so you've been a Motu fan. I know you hate Motu. I'm What's sorry. That? I know you hate that term. I know you hate the acronym. Can I explain it? I'll explain this. What you just said, M-O-T-U out loud. Again, for anybody that says it, no problem. I like giving people crap. <laughs> but I always say, when we were growing up, even as kids, that term was never used. Hell, we never even said, I like playing with Masters of the Universe. We said, I'm playing with my He-Man figures. Yeah. I'm going to watch He-Man on TV. Yeah. But as you fast forward, here comes the internet. A quick search, an algorithm search, they wanted, they got tired of typing Masters of the Universe. Well, who so wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of... Yeah. It is like, so they just would type M-O-T-U, just like T-M-N-T for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Then some people, when they started, you know, like talking out loud at some of the podcasts or whether it's like things on Facebook, they were saying M-O-T-U out loud. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, if you can speak out loud, just say Masters of the Universe or E-Man. I said, I can't stay here and M-O-T-U call out loud. So much so to where years ago there was like this other podcast I was doing called What Geeks Do. They were giving everybody nicknames. And I just never really went for nicknames. And one of the guys on the podcast said, you know what? You like Masters of the Universe. You hate that M-O-T-U. I'm going to call you M-O-T-U Joe. And just to let you know, he said it. I just don't like saying it. But he knows <laughs> I hate that so much that he called me that. And eventually he knew I hated it so much that he stopped saying it. Well, on the podcast, the guys that message in the chat room are often calling you Motulok. Well, Motulok. Yeah, but they're calling you Motulok. I've oh, seen it. Yeah, yeah, they like being – <laughs> but, so, what, what's funny about the MOTU Joe is about two years later, another guy on Facebook, one of my friends, Joe T, he started calling himself that. So now he's known as MOTU Joe, but he pronounces the MOTU. I was like, damn, I thought I escaped seeing that name. And so, but I like giving him a hard time. I'm like, oh, you keep that name. I just had a moment of inspiration. You are like the big star of the Master of the Universe crowd. So if you created a custom character and you called him Motu, then every time you hear someone say Motu, you'd be like, oh, you saw the character that I created. That's really, thank you very much. And eventually maybe people will just be like, oh, Motu is actually that character and not Master of the Universe. Yeah, that'd be different. I couldn't do it. I hate that <laughs> so much. I couldn't make it happen. I do customs for a living. It's been nine years full time now, but I, I don't think I can do something like no. that to go against something like that. Well, so I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I, when I think of Master of the Universe, man, I go back to my childhood. You know, I think I think of how much fun I had. I remember I I grew up in a small farming community called Legal, and we didn't have any stores except for like the local confectionery and the co-op. So we would go to the city. We'd drive to Edmonton, Alberta, and I was always excited when mom would drive us there because we're going to Woolworths or Woolco or wherever the heck it was. We're going to Kmart, right? And I knew Kmart had this killer toy section. So my mom knew as soon as we got in there, I'm running away from her, but she knew where to find me. 
right? So she'll go do her shopping and I'm still in the toy section. She says, which one do you want? So every time we went to the city, I got a He-Man toy of my choice. And uh, I remember getting some pretty cool ones. But then I'd go to friends' houses and they had totally different ones. So a bunch of us would put our collection together and we'd have almost a whole set. And we'd play. Like, I remember Randy Rive, he had the Horde. He had Beastman. He had Hordak. Uh, not Beastman, sorry, um, uh, Grizzlor. He had Hordak. You know, he had those. I did have Modulok. Uh, I had uh, the guy with the, the guy with the suction hands and mouth. Um, Squeak? No. Leech. Leech. Yeah, I was. I had him. I, I had some of the Snake Men. I never had King Randor. Never had Prince Adam. Uh, I did have Terror Claw. Skeletor, he was cool. Um, so I had some gimmicky ones, but uh, I just when I think back to playing with those toys, I mean, there's it, never a bad memory, you know. No, you can agree. I mean, it's funny you bring up Kmart. That was like the main place I would go to as well. As for Toys R Us, that was something that was far away. So if we ever ventured to Toys R Us. And it was like going to Disneyland for me. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. What, what in the world? But yeah. otherwise, everything I get basically was right around Hills, uh, Kmart, and some of the other little local stores. But you know, it was a time where where kids were using their imaginations. And, mm -hmm. and it's, believe me, I'm not faulting video games. I don't want to like go and say, hey, video games are rotten kids' minds. But, I mean, <laughs> He-Man was out and things were popular just before Nintendo and Sega started becoming popular and yeah. kids then started gravitating more to playing games that were given their adventures right before them right. instead of using other minds. But yeah, back then you were just creep. Whether you had the mini comics to try to recreate what you've seen in the comic or the cartoon. I mean, remember, the, these toys were even out before the cartoon. You just was using your imagination. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad because I don't see kids using their imaginations as much these days as back then. Again, it's not their fault because they don't know any better. It's that's, just, right. that's how it is. They're just being raised with video games and electronics. They're spoon-fed these days, yeah. Yeah, and I miss it, but you're right. We we grew up in a time that was great. It was yeah, fun. You go was. to your buddy's house or they come to your house and you get these little battles and adventures. And it's, it's just sad to know that I just – Kids don't really do that as much. Maybe there'll be a day. You never know. Maybe we'll go back to kind of playing with toys again. But Maybe if we have the electro... I, uh, I think we need an electromagnetic pulse in the sky to knock out all our electronics, so we have to go back to using our imagination. <laughs> Something. I think that's why we can enjoy it so much that why they... You know, there's adults that are in their 30s, 40s, and even in their 50s, come, and you can say even beyond. It's like a connection yeah. to a simpler time when things were fun. Yeah. And people were a little, they were nicer to each other, but it's. I mean, that's. Like you're not, that's why Stranger Things is so popular. Because people watch that, they're like, I remember yeah. riding my bike with my buddies. And we were, yeah. we were a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, and hanging out and playing Dungeons and Dragons or anything. Yes. Do, but it's just like nowadays, you're not really called a door. But here's the, here's the weird thing. Back then, when we were growing up, when you hit about 13, 14, if you were still playing with, you know, action figures, you were called a dork. And everybody, what are you playing with that? Don't let kids play with toys. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like everybody embraces this pop culture. And I think that's why we're so passionate about the stuff we grew up with and love. It's like anybody can like anything. You can love sports. You can love collecting beautiful pieces of art or, or you know, like collectibles and faces and anything or even cars. And you never would get talked about. And nowadays, you're not even talked about collecting this. It's like, I think everybody can finally understand 
you could call anybody a geek about anything. People yeah. can geek out about sport. They can geek out about toys or whatever, but you're passionate. And that's why we love our stuff. And that's why when something might be changed, you're like, hey, I don't like that. And people might call us names about it. It's like, wait, when we were growing up, even then we were critical. Like, he man, mm-hmm. you know, he went from how he was in the comic to then here comes the cartoon. Some fans didn't like the Filmation cartoon. Then here came the 87 movie. They're like, that don't look like He-Man and Skeletor. Then came New Adventures, you know, right towards, you know, the 90s. Ooh, like, yeah. That don't look like He-Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, they can't say we're hating on something because of this or that. It's because we're passionate and there's a certain design and there's a certain feel of something we love. So to call us names about it, it's like, that's not, that's not cool. It's like, that's what we love. Hell, you'll be passionate about a Big Mac. Picture if they took a Big Mac and said, okay, we know it's got two all-beef patty special sauces, cheese, pickles, onions, and sesame seed bun, but now we're going to make that two chicken patties, and we're going to put it on a brioche bun with mustard, and mm, you're going to like it. That sounds and, delicious. And then if I, exactly. I'm like, wait, that's not my Big Mac. A Big Mac should be like this. So same thing with our stuff and our toys and our cartoons. There's a certain thing we like. It's called taste. Yeah. That's what it is. Taste and passion. But you, not being hateful. But but Joe, honey mustard, man, not regular mustard. Regular regular like chicken and regular mustard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. Well, it might not be good. And they, they can call it anything they want, but it ain't a Big Mac. We know no. what a Big Mac is, so we know the same thing that's with a, our cartoons. That's a big so clock. Big big yeah. clock. Um, what was I gonna say? I had something. Yeah, you said something about how. Uh, um, I you had a podcast where it was like, hey, what was your first introduction to He Man? And I was all up in that chat room like talking mad shit but um i remember there was one guy that got really mad at me but anyway uh <laughs> um the, the 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 cartoon from the 80s was my introduction i know i didn't read the dc comic because i only bought star comics because spider ham and top dog and heathcliff you know um so i knew i didn't buy the dc comic but i but yeah so it was definitely the cartoon was my introduction what was yours Mine were the toys. I mean, I went right in order with everything how it was. I mean, I was I was young, but yeah. I remember being in the toy stores, and when I first seen those figures, that just that packaging, just boom, something about that red and black brick explosion just yeah. caught your eyes. And it did. What are these? And like you know, these colors, like for Beast Man, it was just something about this weird red and orange combination. Just, yeah. but they were like just a little powerful. I mean, it just they it, were. It, well, they look they look jacked up. They were big muscles, and you know, and as a kid, you're like Conan, and you know, it's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, it worked. It did. You know, like even the box art for the castles and the vehicles yeah. and everything. Just oh, it's beautiful. The art, beautiful yeah, painted artwork. Yeah, it is, and it's just as important as the toys. I always say that. What other toy line did you people really obsess on the art? But with Masters, of Transformers. Universe, you to keep the box. What's that? Transformers. Oh yeah, but, but um, I mean, Masters just there was something just a little more intense about the primal posters they would release. It was primal stores for yeah. free. The the yeah. Master of the Universe yeah. reached that part of us that was like it, cavemen. You know, we wanted to be Conan, we wanted to be the barbarian, we wanted to be the tough guy, and Master of the Universe let us be that. And great stories, because like I said, once you had the, the figures and then here came the cartoon, and while the cartoon had a different, not so much a different tone, because everybody, there's some people that just completely hate the cartoon, some people completely hate the original mini comics, yeah. and you know, more power to them. I love just embracing all of it, and sure, there's things from all those things, I mean, excuse me, those parts that I still might not enjoy too much, but it's not like I completely hate, but 
Yeah, that cartoon, I mean, when it came out, it's now giving you adventures right before your eyes, almost like how I said with video games would. But it, it, it made you feel like you were escaping mm. into a better world, meaning a lot of crap goes on in people's lives, whether it's personally at home or stuff throughout the world. But when you tune in that cartoon, you went to a world of fantasy yep. that made you believe you were in another realm. And you're seeing people with magical powers and abilities and looks, and they're flying and, and use a super strength and creatures and things that are so far away from what you'd see in the real world. It was great. And that's that's fun. And it's something that's sorely missed, I think, with a lot of cartoons nowadays. And yeah. some kids don't know. It's just, I think everything feels still connected to Earth. Well, Even if it's a fantasy thing. It's the way they talk, the way they act. It's like, I don't feel like I'm in this world. I feel like it's Earth with cosplayers. The thing, too, about our generation is that kids today, they have the Internet. They can get anything instantly. The moment they got a whim for it, they could have it. So they have instant gratification. Us, we had to wait. Every Saturday after a week of school and and, and sports and everything, like practice, that was Christmas. We got Christmas every single week for a day. You know, we had, we had to, oh, so, okay, last Saturday, it ended on a hanger. We don't know what's going on. We have seven days we have to wait to find out what happened to Tila, right? What happened to well, Orko? Well, in, in a way, I could see, now, I know, and I'm, with some cartoons, it's like that. And I remember Masters of the Universe, it wasn't a continuity thing. Everything was one-off adventure. Yeah. So it's not like you had to, you know, go from one to another, which that's a thing nowadays I know people like. Some people like more is the continuity, but it has so much in some degrees to where it feels like, God, do I have to have known what happened in 50 episodes? You know what happened in episode 51? <laughs> like what happened to just a one-off adventure, either in a cartoon yeah. or a comic book, one-off stories. And if you want to do story arcs, like, yeah, have every once in a while a two or three part story arc. Yeah. And yes. Go back and then go back to one-off episodes or issues to where I know what happened in something else, but I don't feel like I had to watch or read 50 things to go to this. Right. So, and they always say, well, that's what people want. It's like, you know, you can say a lot, like that's what people want, but no, it's what you're giving us. Right. Trust me. I bet you, if you did some more one off stuff, people would enjoy it, but things have just gravitated in different ways to where some degree, yes, it's good, but some, it's just, I don't flip over. So no, I agree. I've never been a continuity guy. For go I'm trying to bring up my screen. Hold on a second. I, yeah, so Netflix, right? Like Netflix allows you to continue where you left off. But back in the day, if you missed an episode, you were screwed. Like because we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have continuity like that. We couldn't just go back and watch last week's episode. It was gone. It was in the ether. Right, so if you didn't catch you that show, reruns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely got a lot of reruns. Like, hey, I missed that episode. I didn't know. That. Oh, but yeah, oh. like I'm not one of these people for like when it comes to Netflix and stuff. I know people love binge watching, and people hate that I try to do it one episode per week. Like, especially if we were going to talk about something <laughs> on the podcast, some things I had to watch. I'm like, damn it, I wanted to watch this one episode because it's okay. Let's say there was twelve or thirteen episodes. Yeah, you can watch it in a day or two, and then it's done, and you're waiting a whole year for the new season. Yeah. So if you at least take that one episode per week, you can drag that out for a couple months, and you'll feel like you have that long of a wait. But I've never been one where – I've never cared about knowing something instantly. Like on Christmas, my brothers and sisters immediately wanted to shake the presents, open them early. I, I, I've always had patience. And same thing when it comes to movie trailers. 
Dude, that's what my other nickname became on that What Geeks Do podcast. Yeah. They started calling me No Trailer Joe because <laughs> I don't watch trailers of movies. I was like, I don't want it to be ruined. And, you know, some things, like, unfortunately, comedies, half the things, they will show something in a preview of a comedy coming up. And they show it, you've seen it 50 times on TV. Then when you go to the theater and you see it, are you really laughing at what you just seen? You've seen it 50 times on TV on the preview. It's like a fake laugh. And you're like, ah. And half the time yeah. they show too much. So I said, I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to watch trailers. So I don't. I do not watch trailers of things coming up. I yeah. like being surprised. A lot of times what's in the trailer isn't even in the movie. And that too, yeah. And I've seen that with some stuff. like, hey, what the hell? Whatever that one part. And I was like, oh, that was just for the trailer. So yeah. another reason that trailers pissed me off. I was like, I don't want to watch them. Another thing about some movies, the trailer is the best part. Yeah, especially how they can play with the atmosphere, the music, yeah. and then they, when you watch it, it doesn't feel like that certain part. Like yeah. a movie that reminds me of that is Bandits with uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. I remember the trailer looked really great, and me and my buddy Danny, right, we went to see this movie because we're like, "All right, man, a Bruce Willis movie is going to kick ass." And uh, yeah, we walked out halfway through. It was I very rarely walk yeah, out of a movie, but that movie sucked. I mean, I was wow. very disappointed with it. Like, I paid in Canada. We pay a lot of money for a movie at a theater. We pay almost twenty bucks for a ticket, and and I walked out. I got ten dollars worth of my movie, and I walked out. That yeah, that's unfortunate. I would hate to walk out of a movie. I think the only movie I almost walked out of until my dad kept saying, "Just calm down, Joe. Sit down and watch it." Was Rob Zombie's Halloween Two? <laughs> I was like, I just can't. Movie. I said it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. And there was like two, three times. Like, just sit down, Joe. You paid for it. And I was watching. I was like, I can't wait till this damn thing is over. Like, <laughs> over. Like, that's it. You never watched it again. Sometimes the, the remakes just are awful. Just just keep something a classic. Come on. You know, don't 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 tarnish the legacy. Or it just it's like sometimes their take they think, well, this would be interesting this way. Like it's nothing against Again, Rob Zombie. But when I heard he was doing the Halloween series, the first thing I remember telling everybody, and this was on live, I said, I hope he doesn't like just like hillbilly or white trash it up <laughs> like his other movies and that, oh, poor Michael came from a broken yeah, home. Yeah, House of a Thousand and like, oh, the guy, he did the, And he did it. I was like, Michael came from a broken home and he was picked on. I was like, eh, here we go. <laughs> just So his first one he did, eh, kind of okay. Like, some of the uncut scenes would have made it better, but I was like, eh. But part two came, and I was like, I, I couldn't stomach that movie. And it showed in the box office. I mean, that movie was, like, just a disaster. Nobody yeah. would tell me to. Your Beyond Retro podcast, which is kind of where you go to the classics, you guys cover stuff that has – like, this isn't a dig. I just noticed that a lot of times your topics on Beyond Retro totally don't even interest me. Um, in the 80s, I, I, I didn't watch horror movies much. I mean, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Because like that was interesting because it was almost like a fantasy horror, right? Because it's a guy in your dreams. Uh, sure. ne never watched Friday the Thirteenth. So I never really cared about a dude in a hockey mask. Um, what? You know, and, what? I, and I didn't watch Halloween. I'm off this podcast. Could you kick me off right now? <laughs> no, serious? no. As a, I'm saying, this is the '80s. I'm a kid, right? Uh, oh. it, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't thrill me. But Nightmare on Elm Street did. Uh, I was watching movies like The Explorers. Right where they went up into that was space. A, movie. a lot of people don't know about that movie. That's a good movie. Dude, yeah. I love that movie. To this day, I will watch that movie. Uh, yeah. Like stuff like that. E.T. 
you know, uh, Transformers the movie, uh, comedies like um, Secret of My Success, The Burbs. Yeah, good movie. Dude, oh, yeah. dude I, that, that's what I watched in the 80s. So you guys are doing this Beyond Retro, and you're talking about all this stuff that I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. So I, I have to admit, I often don't watch those podcasts. Do you even make those anymore? We haven't done it in a while just because, almost like what you said, it really wasn't getting the the views. And we're usually not people that are all about views. Like like we say, with the fans of power, it might not have the most views, but we're passionate. We love it. Yeah. But Beyond Retro, it, it, some episodes could have reached a lot of people, but sometimes we're talking about certain movies or like – People say, I don't know that movie or I don't remember that TV show. Yeah. But that was it. We just were trying to give respect to some things you just maybe never heard of. And there's some there's some good hidden gems out there. There are. I mean, there's still a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people that even not a super old thing, but just a lot of people never even heard of Trick or Treat. You know, I was like, that's a good ass movie. If you've never seen it, you gotta see have you ever heard of it? Or is this your first Oh yeah, Trick or Treat where that creature takes your skin. Um Wait, am I? Oh, oh, I'm thinking of Jeepers Creepers. I'm thinking of Jeepers Creepers. My bad. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're thinking, yeah. Trick or Treat. It's like a uh, has three stories intertwined to become one, but it's a it's a cool it's a good Halloween movie. It's it's really fun. It doesn't feel like you don't feel like a kid watching it, and you don't feel like an old fuddy duddy watching or something. It's just it's like a little horror movie. Not it's become a yearly tradition. It was a movie that at one time I thought was hyped up like crazy. And I don't know why, I don't remember it going to the theaters. And then they said, oh, it'll be coming to the DVD soon. And it seemed like there was such a weird delay. And it finally popped up, and there's this little character named Sam. And they made figures of him now recently that sell hot. But I'm telling you, it's a, it's a good movie. I couldn't see somebody watching it and completely saying, well, that just sucked to hell. I mean, they might not really like it, but I can't picture somebody completely hating that movie. It's a good movie. Hey, I have a question. So... We, we, we both love He-Man, uh, so obviously we like Filmation. What did you think of Brave Star? Here's the thing. I always tell everybody in their shop, I say, I, I don't remember it at all. All right. I don't even know if I watched it. Right. I don't know if I watched it. I hate saying that, but I don't really remember watching it. I mean, the art is beautiful, right? Like, I, I even look back at it now, and it's some beautiful animation. But, yeah, as a kid, I wasn't into it either because it was like a Western, and I wasn't into Westerns. I don't know. And I've always been, I've been a person that's never been a fan of westerns. I mean, that's why it was hard for me to go through Back to the Future three. Right. But I learned to kind of appreciate it. But I've never been a western fan. But no, I don't remember Brave Star. And then once past He Man, I always tell people I don't remember much cartoons. Like I remember a little bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I was at that age where right. I just wasn't watching cartoons no more. So some people reference a lot of the stuff in the late '80s or early '90s. I'm like, mm. I'm sorry, I didn't see. It. You didn't see it. Well, I remember as a kid, Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, uh, a lot of kids had those toys or they here in Canada, they, they liked it. There was some gurgle about it there, but I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Thundercats, again, it was semi-popular. Some kids had the toys, but really there was only one kid in the class, Rick Jones, who even really cared. Uh, couldn't get into Thundercats. and uh, but But then anime comes along. And all of a sudden, I do like a space western called Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs, right? That thing kicked yeah, butt. Never, never seen it. And then Trigun came out. Trigun? Some people call it Trigun? With Vash the Stampeder? No? Anyway, dude, seriously, you can catch Trigun. That's a crazy anime. And it's like a space western. Think, the only things I remember is, let me see, when I think 
I started getting kind of interested in some modern cartoons was I think when they had that Street Fighter 2 animated cartoon and then they released a series and there was a Oh, you mean like the Street Fighter 2 the movie, the animated movie? Yeah, yeah, the animated movie. That was but awesome. That Chun-Li Vega fight was crazy. Yeah, and then they released a series of, uh, you know, based on Street Fighter in animated form. And it was horrible. And I think there was a place, and I think it was at Suncoast, and I was getting it, and I enjoyed it. I didn't go as nuts as I did for the movie. Yeah, the movie was good. But it it was just, it was like a fix for me, but I still like, I just missed so many things in the 90s, because I was watching no cartoons in the 90s, or Mm. TV shows, or even late 80s, like, I don't even know when the hell Power Rangers came out, but I was like, no, I've never watched this show in my life, and I know there's just tons of fans on that at one time. I was like, I can't discuss this with you. I don't know Power Rangers, so I missed a lot of things. Well, let's see. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out... Okay, I don't know. Um... Oh, according to Google... First episode date, August 28th, 1993. But, of course, Power Rangers was based off, it was just blatant copy ripoff of Japanese series that aired like a decade earlier. So that's probably why all the uh, the fight scenes and everything looks so cheap. Yeah, I, like I said, I just, I, I never watched, I never knew nothing. I just, back in the day, I remember stuff like Ultron and Transor Z and other stuff. I was like, those were things that I was watching along with He-Man and, and the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yes. And, Yes. I've always loved it. Yes. Still never understood. It's like that final episode was all written out. And I think it was even voiced out. Then they draw. I remember every time I bring this up on Fans of Power, like, oh God, here goes Joe. But I hated that we never Dude. got the final episode, especially when you found out the twist at the end. The thing is, because I was a country boy, we didn't have cable. I had three channels in the country. I had Farmer Vision. But when I was when I went to stay with family in the city, that's when I got to see Dungeons and Dragons and yeah. Transformers. Right, I didn't get to see Transformers on my three channels, but I got to see He Man. You actually had a channel called Farmer Vision. There was a real no, no. That's that's Farmer kind of what we call it. That's what we call it. Farmer oh, Vision. We had cha- okay. we had Channel Three, Channel Five, Channel Eleven was the French channel, so no one watched that. And we had Channel Thirteen, which at the time was ITV. Now it's global, but so we had uh, CFRN, CBC, French Channel, and ITV. And that's it. That's where I got my cartoons on. Uh, so I was limited. But then I won't go to the city. And, yeah, cartoons galore, man. I was loving it. And then uh, around grade three, I was eight years old in 86. We got uh, we got cable. And all of a sudden, Saturdays kicked butt. Things I, I can imagine. like Because when I was growing up, we had 11, 13... 24, 30 was public broadcast system, so it's like PBS. Nobody was really watching. Yeah, we were watching that. And of course, you remember you love waking up for Saturday morning cartoons. That's something I wish kids could experience. Yeah, yeah. Saturday morning cartoons on local channels. Dude. So, anyways, and then years later came a new channel that was um, UP. I mean, it was uh, Fox 36, and that's when I think Shiva was on that channel and the mm. children came on and the Simpsons. So, I mean, it felt great because beyond that, I remember we didn't have cable and I remember having rabbit ears on this. <laughs> yeah. I remember the rabbit ears. It, it was small. <laughs> at nighttime, once in a while, I could get channel 20 out of Detroit. And I was like, Oh man, I felt like I was like, uh, I just won the lotto. I was like, I got another channel. It's got other shows. Yay. So, a <laughs> channel. Right 
Well, it's like um, I got He-Man on uh, CBC, Channel 5. And I remember running around the house screaming, I have the power, and driving my mom crazy. Uh, I wish I would have had a VCR at that time. Dude, VCRs were the size of small cars back then. Yeah, we had uh, a beta, and we had it for the longest. And we just had (laughs) the same stuff because then VHS comes out. I remember my dad would go to a video connection. And there was a spot where we always would get our videos, but then once VHS came, beta got moved. And, and it got smaller upstairs. smaller. Yeah, we went upstairs. Everyone would go up the stairs, and they always said, don't go that way, and don't have your son go that way, because there was one part if you went. The adult the section. section. <laughs> yeah, so we were stuck in this little spot. Walk of yeah, shame. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so small, and we were just always had this thing where we just looked to the left. It had about two feet. Then the right, it had like three feet, and then when you go in the other direction, it was like about six feet of movies. We were always writing the same stuff, Beverly Hills Cop, and just just the same things over and over. It was just, oh, what a sad thing. So I wish we would have had a VHS. I'm recording so much stuff on TV. Unlike the Blu-ray HDVD, HDDVD war, where it was just cut and dried, done, HDDVD is dead. The Betamax VHS thing, people don't realize it. It was like a slow starvation. Like, they, they tortured Betamax as long as they could until Betamax just finally said, F it. You know? And didn't years later, I mean, I could be wrong on this, you and maybe people who are listening to this can correct me, you know, later on. But I thought they even said they found out that Beta was actually superior. It was quality. superior. It was actually the superior quality, uh, superior sound, superior video. But uh, for some reason, it just didn't have... It's got to be a problem with the company because they just didn't have the third-party support. You know, fewer and fewer companies were making stuff for Betamax. Not that it was a bad product. It just it just didn't have third-party support. So, yeah, that it, it's like the video game industry. You could have a great system, the most powerful system out there at the time, but if you don't have the games, you're you, you're not going to live. True. I don't know. It's kind of sad, but it's, I mean, it was a superior product and a lot like my dad to this day says, uh, eight track cassettes were better than cassette tapes. That's one thing I've never, I've never heard an eight track. I've seen them, but I, mean, I can believe it. People usually, I mean, when people can grow up with stuff, they definitely can have a different appreciation and, and mm-hmm. I guess, uh, attention to detail on certain things. Right, right. I mean, there's like even some people just like the nostalgia factor of like when you listen to a record, and you might kind of hear the little crackling of the needle on the vinyl or something. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah like that. appeals to somebody, you know. It's that. So it's, it's a raw quality that just you're drawn into somehow for some reason. It it, it hits yeah. your ears and you're just like, I like that. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, like I to this day I'll still. Rap out Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. I don't care. I like that song. That song comes on. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm there, man. You, you just brought me back to 1991, man. I don't care. Is that like a mark out or something? But, no, you're right. I noticed that with a lot of things where if something, even though if it was superior with the quality of sound or even like with video games, I always remember that I'd have um, uh, Nintendo and the Sega Master System. Yes. And there weren't a lot of people, yeah, where I grew up, not a lot of people had the Sega Master System. They didn't know what I was talking about when I bring it up. But they come on, come on my house, they'd see it, and they're like, 
wow, that really does look better. Oh, that does sound better. But yeah. they didn't have the third-party support, and Nintendo right. just destroyed them. But then came the Genesis. Yeah. And that was like the first time Sega was winning, even though to some aspects, even with the Genesis, compared to Super Nintendo, Sega had some advantages. Ninten- Super Nintendo had some advantages there as well. But well, Genesis system is a lost gem. Yeah, but Se- that's because Sega does what Nintendo don't. Remember those ads? I remember that commercial. <laughs> the Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And then I remember one of my friends at school was so pissed at that commercial. Yeah. That he said, yeah, well, Super Nintendo is what Genesis isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I had a Game Boy with a bunch of games. And I was in the hospital one time. And this kid next to me in the next bed had a Game Gear with a bunch of games. And we just swapped. And... I found out later, like from his from someone else, but that kid's parents were pissed. But I gave up my my black and white, no backlit Game Boy with like some really okay games. Peachy was it like green and yeah, it was it was it was the original Game Boy, and I swapped that for a backlit color screen Sonic one, two, three, and a bunch of other games. I was. Champion man, I was like, yeah. You got a hell of a thing, and again, <laughs> Sega, Sega had a lot of things where they were ahead of their time, but they just yeah. didn't have the support, didn't have the backing, and unfortunately lost. But yeah, Game Gear. I remember having both. I was like, I can't stand looking at my Game Boy. It had some cool ass games, but yeah. it hurts my eyes. Sega on the hand, and right? you and you have to, you can't play it in the car at night because you got to wait for street lights. <laughs> yeah, and remember, you could actually hook it up with an attachment to watch TV on it. It, it was, was cool. It was too. Yeah, it was too cool. It had so many things. And so, then they had the Nomad. The no, oh yeah, the Nomad wasn't that sixteen bit Genesis or something. That was literally you plugged the sixteen bit Genesis cartridge into it, and you were playing Genesis Portable. Yeah, and I tried to, like I said, with video games, I always tell everybody this. I tried to appreciate it all, but you always have, no matter how nice you try to be with people, there's some people that get pissed and say, "I just love Sega. I just love Nintendo." Or of course, nowadays it's different with you know Sony and right. Microsoft and right. stuff. But back then, there was the fans that were just hardcore on you know either of those platforms. And they didn't give a crap about none, you know, mm. the other one. But me, I just loved all the video games, and I would always tell them, well, this one has this, and this one has that. They're like, I don't care. I only like this. I'm like, all right. I mean, hell, I remember playing Coleco. Oh, I the oh, tracks. ColecoVision. I, I love the ColecoVision. It was so much better than Atari. And it, it was, because Atari, my God. I, those graphics man, sucked. sucker could only look, you know, left or right. <sighs> And then when he would go up and down, he could either eat with his head or his butt because he wouldn't turn to eat. It was horrible. Eat horrible. It was painful. But Donkey Kong on Atari, painful. Oh, but on Coleco, it looked like the arcade. And the thing is, yeah. the, the game, my sister blew my mind when I told her that I bought a game system. Remember I showed you that video of my room the other day? And I showed you that game system that's built into an actual Nintendo 8-bit Nintendo cartridge? I have all every ColecoVision game on there. And I told my sister I had it. She's like, does it have looping? Because she we, that was our game. Looping. looping was the best game. We had that on our ColecoVision. And it's like she still remembered it after like 35 years. She remembered the name like that. Good stuff. They had that. They had – I remember Smurfs. Was yes. And BC. Time. BC, you're actually – it's a caveman on the, on the stone wheel and – Ladybug. Was yes. Oh, that was and, so good. You know, I think that's what I miss about video games is, sure, video games nowadays, 
are amazing to look at. Oh, they look Not great. Get me wrong, because yeah, there's still fun stuff. Right. But just the simplicity of just having a fun game, like okay, I can understand you guys trying to make something look so real, it's like real life. But then that's why we have real life. But I can understand people's fantasy of escaping into it, because just like I said with right. stories back then, you like an escapism. But I miss just the good. You know, action games or things that make you use your brain or timing or fun. Right. And yes, that does exist still with modern games as well. But just the simplicity of having fun with something like Time Pilot, you know, <laughs> or Ladybug or Looping. Oh, Looping. Just... I could still play it right now. I could literally turn yeah. on my TV in my room and play Looping. <laughs> and I do. It was good times. Dude. Yeah, there's, there's games that, you know, okay, back then we didn't. You know, when they say, oh, bad graphics, which, yes, we knew with Pac-Man there was something weird with how he was looking. Yeah. But you still played it because that's what you had. Well, it was a challenge. There's a real challenge. Yeah, and you didn't think this was bad graphics because you didn't understand the term. Pac-Man didn't have cheat codes. What's that? Pac-Man didn't have cheat codes. Qbert didn't have cheat codes. Yeah, there was games that didn't have cheat codes. There was some weird glitches. I remember with that Pac-Man on Atari 2600, there was this thing where if you push down to go to the bottom part to the top, he would just start flipping through the screen up and down, some weird glitch. Weird. But otherwise, you'd look like when people say E.T. was the worst video game of all time. I'll be honest, I was one of the few people that liked it. I didn't look at it and say, wow, it's bad graphics, because remember, that was just Atari graphics. You didn't know any <laughs> yeah. better. So until it was just weird. You had you know, get the hell out of there, get your ship, get your pieces, you fall in the hole, you had to use your neck to go up, 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 oh. the flowers grow. It was goofy, I admit. But I also I have every Intellivision game on that console. So you know what that you means. You have everyone? I have every Intellivision game on that console in my room. So, yeah, check those out too. So I, admit, I have I Masters know. of the Universe. And I was just going to say, as much as I love Masters, you just, like, were in my head. I hated that game. Atari. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, graphics a little different, but I hated it. I was like, this game just sucks. Again, not graphics-wise. <laughs> it was one of the first games I said I hated, and it shocked everybody as much as I love He-Man. But I just couldn't play it. Hmm. And if there's a system, I don't think you can... This is a system, I don't think you can get a, a cartridge to play on your TV, but... It's called Vectrex. It's this little Heard of it. portable. Yeah, and it's fun. I remember having that because you played like Berserk. It was a Star Trek game. Um, <laughs> they had Mindstorm. So there was there's a lot of fun games on that. It's just a cool little portable kind of system, but like a mini TV. It's like a mini mm -hmm. arcade machine that you put cartridges in. And hell, you even it still has the coolest um, controller storage area you've ever seen. The, the controller goes into the system itself and then, like, displays. And when you're ready, you push a button and pop it out. It's cool. If you've never seen a Vectrex... So did ColecoVision. ColecoVision had those two ports where you put it in and then they actually... Well, well they did, but trust me, you've got to see what I mean with Vectrex. Theirs is cooler because it molds into... It's like disguised. You can't see the controller Interesting. when it's put in. Interesting. But when you push the button and pull it out, boom, here's the controller. But then it snaps in. But I know you're talking about with Coleco with boom, boom, how the house the things. But you got to check out a Vectrex. If you've never seen one, do a video search of it. A Vectrex mm. is a cool machine. Well, my buddy Jeremy, who I'm actually co-doing this podcast with, but since we started it, he did the first episode with me. and uh, But he's out in the bush. He's working. So he's it's, it's basically been me. 
but it's supposed to be a two-parter kind of like you and you know tyler and you and nathan um but him and i like we got the genesis right and then when the sega cd came out we both had to get the sega cd uh no other game system at the time had cd yeah, there was um, I mean, later it came uh, you know, like a Philips CDI and the three. Oh, that was horrible. All the other stuff, yeah, that was but, horrible. And then you remember even Turbo Graphics, they started having CDs as well. They did. But uh, but you're right. When the Sega CD came out, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it has so many great games for it too, especially if people oh. are into role playing. Lunar. Lunar. Silver yeah, Star. Lunar, Lunar. Eternal Blue. Vey. Like yeah. no one speaks of Vey anymore. Vey was so good. I love Bay. I love Dark Wizard. Yes. Dark Wizard. Yeah. Uh, so Pop Full Mail. Pop Full Mail, yeah. That was really and, good. And I have every one of them. Every one you're saying, I have all those. I still have you all You still have them? CD games. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll get a picture of my collection to show you. Sega uh, CD was ahead of its time, but I remember when it came up, people were like, I can't stand this loading. This sucks. Video games shouldn't be like this. And then every system started doing it. I was like, oh, it's, it's something was on Sega, but everybody else doing it is okay. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Really Sega good. hate. It was more, yeah, I was like, it was more of that double standard that drove me nuts. I was like, just admit it. If you hate it for this, hate it for all of them. But if you like it for that, then go back and say, yes, it worked for Sega CD. It was great. It was. had Snatcher, remember? Which was like Snatcher was there. crazy, yeah. Uh, that was a yeah. crazy one. I, I like that they brought back Rise of the Dragon. That was a really cool game on the computer that. system. That was a yep. great yep. game. And the, the beauty about those games is the graphics may not be stellar, but your imagination is forced to kick in and, and you create the story in your head and it becomes so much more real and you become so much more passionate. Like it's a bit of a newer game, but Skyrim, right? To this day, I have not played a single RPG that captivates my imagination like Skyrim did. And that game is 10 years old. Yeah, I've never played that. But there's, yeah, there's some, you know, we'll probably have to do a two part around this sometime or a yeah. two. Yeah, I'd like that. Time is, yeah, my time's running short, but this has been a blast. I hope I haven't disappointed your listeners or bored them with geeking out. I hope they enjoyed hearing what I had to say. I'm pretty sure that in these dark times, my listeners are going to be like, oh man, yeah, way to bring me back. I'm glad this podcast could be a way back machine for some people, Joe. Yep. Because it's fun. That's what I mean. So if you have me back, and we can pick up right where we left off. And this is still, I mean, we talked a lot about He Man and cartoons, but going into video games, that's a whole other thing to yeah. into. And there's a lot to be said. Out absolutely. There. Absolutely. Well, I, it's been my honor to have Joe Amato, the Master of the Universe God, if you will. I'm not, I'm just trying to float your ego there, buddy. But no, you're you're definitely a big name in the, in the Motu category. So. That's it. I'm not coming off <laughs> this anymore. Delete this episode. All right. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Joe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. So that was Joe Amato. If you liked what Joe said, if you liked the, the talk, if you want to hear more stuff like that, I recommend the Fans of Power podcast. They talk about a whole bunch of stuff. they not just He-Man, but they often get many celebrities on there, and it's a real blast from the past, you know, bring you back to your childhood. I recommend Fans of Power Podcast with Joe Amato, Tyler Baker, and Nathan Kennedy. You'll love it. Bye-bye.